Alright, can we be friends with non-Christians? So, we are beginning the new podcast yet again, and now we have two awesome co-hosts. We have Seth and Lauren, along with your host, Hannah. I'm now Hannah Henson, just to let you know. Okay, so, can we be friends with non-Christians? What do you got for us, Lauren? I think it's actually important for us to reach out to unbelievers. Um, Part of being a Christian is, you know, helping others to find what we have found. And just, um, it is important to have boundaries within those relationships. Um, Because, you know, dealing with people who don't believe the same things as you, there are situations and like conversations you can get yourself in that aren't that don't line up with what you necessarily believe so it's important to uh, guard your own heart in that and make sure you're not getting sucked into their world or the things that they're doing and trying to be a positive influence on those people because you know we're called to love others um, and it's important that we love them but kind of from a distance <laughs> just because yeah, yeah. We can, it is easy for us to get pulled down into, you know, the types of things that they do. But like I said, we, we need to reach out and it's important not to be stuck in our own little bubbles. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, because there's light and there's darkness. And mm-hmm. so only one can exist. And so if our light's not, so pretty much what I'm saying is like we have to be making sure we're being the influence and not being influenced. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's, yep. that's what it really comes down to is making sure we're, we're, we're need, where we need to be in our relationship with God. That's funny that you said that because that's it, pretty much what I thought of too when I was like writing notes down for this or studying this myself is that a lot of people don't realize that going into whatever surroundings that they're in, there's, there's always going to be an influence. And the influence is basically like the effect of or something is affecting another. Um, and really there's a main question that we have to ask ourselves is like which influences is which influence is going to win the day yeah is it that our presence in their lives is like that is the one that is outshining all of the world or is the the opposite happening yeah. is the world consuming us so it's like yeah that's very important putting ourselves in a situation to where it's just like if you're not completely being consumed by the world then that, that obviously is a you can continue there and be a witness and be a light because why put yourself in yeah. that unnecessary position basically but yeah just like the like analogy that's used tons of times in the bible like if you hide your light you're going to be consumed with darkness like we're supposed to be the light light casts out darkness so if we're showing our light i mean there won't you know darkness can't exist with light so it's like what yeah. are we doing you know um mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This the scary thing though is because um, another thing that I think the devil is very easily convinced the world that you you uphold one truth over another. So it's kind of like, oh, you're not loving enough. You're not you're not being godly enough. You're not you're like, but it's not really love. It's more just like kind of like this passive. Yeah. Like oh, it's a it's a justification for sin basically, and you just stamp love on it. Well, you're not loving enough. It's like actually, 
no, like, I don't agree with that lifestyle or I don't agree with living it. I'm not going to cater to that or I'm not going to okay it just because you think it's not loving enough. Yeah, and it's, like, it's not even, like, what, like, we agree with what the Bible says. And it's, like, loving can be correcting. Like, love isn't just accepting everything blindly. It's being, like, hey, I'm going to help you because what you're doing is sinful or it's hurting other people. Like, we have to be loving in a more serious way, not just like, oh, I love you, do whatever you want, like, because that can yeah. hurt many But there's people. a balance, too, because you're not just like, like, like Scott was saying people. this yeah. morning, it's like, you're not just harping on them constantly, yeah, you know? there, exactly. there is a balance, but it's like, that's something you kind of just have to feel Being out, like, though. gentle. In rela- yeah, yeah, you can love, yeah, gently, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's all, yeah. Just like, you're doing everything wrong. <laughs> yeah, point out everyone's flaw, and yeah, it's like, no. <clears throat> Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing that I found, I was listening to a video on, on YouTube, and this guy was saying, um, so let's say you're putting yourself in the under the influence of someone who is a non-believer or worldly or whatever you want to put the description on there. Um, he gives two different things. It's like, are you in love with God's kingdom? Are you in love with reaching out to that person in this like with sincerity of heart like your your intentions are pure or are you more in love with the world and you're just using it as an excuse to still live worldly because it's like i know especially nowadays with people our age and our generation and younger it's that just seems to be the case where it's like oh well i'm a christian but i do pretty much nothing that even remotely resembles christ like everything is pretty pretty much carbon copy of what their friends are doing. There's no differing factor between the two of them, which is what we are, like you are saying earlier, that's what we're called to do, is we're called to be different. Yeah, Yeah, and the Bible's like, you'll you'll know them by the fruit of their spirit. So if they say one thing and act another, you can tell they're not being completely truthful with others and even themselves. Like, you could definitely be deceiving yourself. Mm -hmm. it's, It's hard in this generation to live a Christly life, but you, people can tell when you're, when you're like double, double-sided. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty clear. <laughs> For sure. Um, what would you guys say is something that, like, with our character, how would we, how would we navigate that? Because I know some people will get a little religious on people and be like, oh, well, you shouldn't be around those types of people, because what does that say about you? How would you respond to, to someone who said that? Someone that's like harping on me? Yeah, so or, let's say that they're like, oh, well, you shouldn't associate or be friends with blah, 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 because they do whatever. They drink or they have tattoos or whatever. Well, I mean, it really just comes down to like what you're actually doing <laughs> with them, because if like you're going out with them all the time, More then it's strictly kind of like... association. Not so much like you're... Because obviously, if you're at a bar and you're drinking with your friends, then that's that would be cause for correction. Yeah. But it's more just the association part of it. Well, if these are supposed Christians coming at you, you gotta be able to explain to them that hey, like, I'm I'm trying to be a witness to them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm not going out and doing all you know they're doing, but you know they are my friends. Like that's it's not wrong, but I mean that's more of like the. Uh, highest like type of way to go about things because like we're not supposed to just keep to ourselves ever 
Like, that's not what Jesus did at all. Yeah. Like, if we're supposed to be Christ-like, we're supposed to be like Jesus, which we heard this morning. I mean, Jesus went out of his way, went across the sea to go to that man who had demon. He had demons in him, a legion of demons in him. And he reached out to him. You know, it wasn't like Jesus, you know, keeping to himself all the time. How are you supposed to reach the world if you're not going into the world and making relationships happen, you know? Yeah. Of course, like, yeah, when you're making relationships happen, you're not compromising what you believe, you know, it's not how it should be, but you're, you're still putting yourself out there um, smartly, of course, <laughs> wisely. <laughs> you're, like, putting yourself in proper positions to, you know, there's certain things you're going to do and some things that you're not going to do or put yourself in a position to do. So, that's really what it comes down to. But yeah, if someone's coming at you like that, it's kind of like, I don't know. I guess that like if you are in the wrong, then it's like, you know, then you should be able to take it, I guess. Hopefully it's someone that's close to you that is not coming at you sideways, I guess, but it's, I don't know. It's really just something you gotta feel out. <laughs> I, uh, but yeah. Yeah, it's like what you were saying earlier. Like, where's your heart at? Are you trying to use yeah. it an, as an excuse to do those things with those people, or like, are you really trying to reach them? Like, yeah. Like, it's and if somebody, thing, yeah. if somebody is coming at you, it's like maybe you should question yourself. Like, where am I coming from? Like, do I need to yeah. kind of examine myself and my heart? And, why am I being around this person? Like, and like, if you feel like you are in the wrong, maybe just try and use what they say as a correction and not being like letting it take you in the wrong direction instead. Yeah, yeah, because you can use those types of situations to like help you self evaluate too. Like when people come at you, we were we were listening to that sermon by um, uh, uh, Joe Campbell, pretty sure. About clarity. And clarity, yeah, spiritual clarity. And it was really good because, like, he was talking about how, like, you know, pastoring a church, you'll get people, if he talked about, it, like, people that have pastored churches, you'll get people sliding notes under your door accusing you of this and that. And you want to sit there and be like, oh, well, they weren't saved or whatever. You want to sit there and, like, put the blame on them or, like, oh, yeah. But he, he started using it as, like, a as a way to self-reflect and be like, okay, is there some truth in what they're saying? You know, and I, that's kind of what you were saying is like, instead of taking it down the wrong path, you know, spiritually, like using it as like, maybe there is places for me, because we're all human. We're not perfect. We're not ever going to be perfect until we make heaven our home. So it's like, while we're here, it's good whether, you know, the accusations are brutal or if they're, you know, they come softly. It's like, it's, it's still good to like try and use those to grow, you know? So I mean, I thought that was a really good sermon. That was very true. Yeah. Do you guys think it's a prevalent, like a prevalent problem that we have that we're not defending non-Christians enough? No, I think it's more so that we are, but we're compromising. I think churches across America are, pro are compromising way too much and trying to be buddy-buddy with them and not give the world the truth, which is what will set people free, you know? I mean, it's, it's kind of cliche, but it's true. Like, we're not giving the world, or our nation at least, the gospel truth, and so... so I mean, more <coughs> under the context of, like, 
if we had the right intentions and, and more along that. Like, because I understand where you're coming from with that, because it is true. I guess the question is more uh, oh, pertaining. <laughs> it's more pertaining to so let's say like I want to befriend a mom that I'm, I'm teaching her kid, but like the situation I'm trying to go about it with a heart to actually like get her to come to church and stuff like that. Do you think under that context that we aren't doing enough as the church body, not even just like our church in general, but as a whole within Christianity? Because <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's like a hard question to answer because it's almost just like how can you answer without overgeneralizing or answering for other people but I would just say like I don't know just the, the, the way I grew up and I'd say no I, I'd say like I never had the opportunity to really like stand up for my faith around people I and mean, that was my circumstance and, and I can't put that every other person in that same category but I don't know I just feel like it's something that needs to be addressed what was the question again? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like hacking away over here like I've been smoking it was it was <sighs> To simplify it, do we need to express this more? Does this need does this need to be something we tell people like, hey, reach out to your coworkers, befriend your neighbor? Because I mean, neighbors that used to be something way back in the day. You knew all of your neighbors. You knew yeah. the entire street, the entire block. But it's like, I don't think I knew any of my neighbors growing up. Yeah. Well, like, I kind of did, but no. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think we should kind of make it more of an important thing to reach out to the people that we see every day because like we may not think about it but it's like really it's life and death like Mm -hmm. their their eternity is at stake and it's like even if you don't I I feel like you should start thinking about it and make it more of a priority because like every single person matters and it's like even if they if they don't agree with what you're saying or like maybe they're having trouble understanding it, you're still planting that seed. And that's where, like, being gentle about it comes in. You can't just, like, preach to them the whole gospel. It's like, yeah. like or, like, the hard things. It's like, give them that. It's little like, steps. Yeah, little baby steps. Baby, baby steps. steps. But exactly. each each little, like, seed you plant, that's, like, it's gonna, it can do a lot, and God can use it for his for His glory. So mm-hmm. I, I, it is important to do that, in my opinion, yeah. 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 The, who, was, who was saying... Was it the video or was it Scott this morning? I can't remember, but they were basically saying it's like we we want so much to, to see the the effects or like the outcome of our witness, but sometimes we don't. It's like, yeah. and we can kind of get into our heads of, oh, well, we're not doing anything. But really, it's like God's actually using that encounter to begin something for someone or keep adding to their experience over and over again till finally to that, that point where they realize it for themselves. I don't I struggle with that all the time where I don't feel like I do jack it's like it's like my witness matters very little but then I have to remind myself like well I still need to try it because it's like it's God's doing and not my own yeah exactly I think I feel like a lot of people have 
a hard time with that and then we can come off as like um very just kind of persistent and annoying but it's like we're not the ones who are going to be saving them in the end we're, yeah. we're like we're god's vessel like he works through us it's not exactly. it's not our doing our doing and like he can continue the work like through us and through other things and like we just have to make like be careful about when we're overstepping or just doing too much because we do have to give God that room to work also. Yeah. Can I agree? Um, do you have any Bible verses that come to mind that pertains to this topic? Not off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the one main one that stuck out to me uh, it's Proverbs twelve twenty six. The righteous should stay, or I should read it right. The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. So that's more of the we were saying earlier, being like you need to have. I think the word that really comes to my mind is have some discernment of yeah. your environment of the actual surroundings that you're in. We're talking about this like a while ago um, as we're developing this topic, saying like, well, if you're going to the bars, if you're going to clubs, and obviously those are the type of environments you choose to put yourself in, so that's that's on you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a discernment about the, the individual of how you should go about witnessing to them because sometimes people, like their mental... Um, emotional state can play a huge factor in how you approach them in your witness and how you need to like how much time you're putting with like alone time together Um, and then also just the main thing we've been talking about discernment of ourselves if if it's honoring God um, your motives and um, how much of your personal time are you giving over to that person or how much of yourself are you giving over to that person so I think that's one of my main problems is that I get really emotionally attached to people. So it's like as soon as they start not doing well, I'm like, no, nah, no, come on. Like it's almost like you feel the responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have a verse. It's uh, Romans twelve sixteen. Uh, Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. And do not be conceited. Mm. So I, like, even right here, like, be willing to associate with those people. Yeah. And, like, just don't be proud of yourself just because you're, you're a Christian and you do all these things. It's like, that, in reality, we're all people. We're all, like, God's children. And it's important that we, like, just reach out to others who don't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. This is a good reminder, too, because we get so caught up in, like, the ritualistic everyday routine of how things are supposed to go, and then Jesus kind of, like, throws that out of nowhere, where it's like, oh, hey, by the way, it's like, this is something that'll kind of disrupt your comfort. Mm-hmm. You're going to be, you're going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You're going to have those times where you have conversations with people that don't feel like they go anywhere, or it's nothing but arguing, or anything and everything where it just feels like it's gone terribly but having that that constant reminder of reaching out and not being like full of ourselves and being 
they are worthy to talk to. They are worthy of my, like, of God's love as well and being able to share that with, with whoever, whenever. Yeah, I think it's very important to step out of our comfort zones because if we stay in our safe little bubble, like, we're never going to grow and we're never going to help other people grow. Like, I have experiences of, like, some interesting people, <laughs> um, like, you know, asking for food or asking for money and if you show that love and kindness to them, it, it can be unexpected because they're probably used to hearing, like, no, like, go away, or, like, just people, like, kind of fleeing from them because it's like, yeah, it can be intimidating. Like, you don't know if they could be on drugs, like, just people on the street. You don't know what kind of person they are, they are or their mental state. or But if you show them that love and are, like, you know, cautious and um, look out for certain things, um, that could mean a lot to them just showing them even just a little bit of, like, Jesus' love. Like, I've given people, like, food and stuff, and they are incredibly grateful because I'm sure they don't get that on a regular basis because of, like, the stigma around being homeless or, like, seeming crazy. It's like, we don't know who they are, what they've been through, or what they're currently going through. It's, like, it's important for us not to make judgments. Yeah. I mean, you you never... um imply someone's like potential because mm-hmm. anybody can become anybody like I mean your dad was homeless yeah exactly yeah, yeah. his story is crazy mm-hmm. and my dad was homeless for two years and he's now saved and I mean, gave me a good life I mean God can move in mm-hmm. anyone's life you never know yeah you never know who just like in the, the video series we watched this morning, as a great example about the demon-possessed man. Jesus touched his life, and he was the only missionary in that whole environment that he lived in. And I mean, no, he was feared by everyone because he was demon-possessed and had this insane strength or whatever, you know? And then it's like, he ended up like touching people's lives just because of his testimony. The testimony that can come out of those situations is, can be really amazing because that's what happened well just like what Scott was talking about he was the, when he was freed from the demons he wanted to come to Jesus and Jesus was like no you need to talk you know to the people in your town and tell them what happened to you you know and that when Jesus came back later there were people that had been touched by the demon possessed man in his testimony so yeah, God can use anyone and everyone. <laughs> yeah, and it's like when we when we do something that we may think is small, it can be like total domino effect mm-hmm. and affect like a lot more people than we were expecting. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't lead to anywhere, and that's fine. Like we can't be discouraged. Like, but you never know that that one small thing you could do, or that one time you like re- decided to actually reach out to somebody. You don't know if that could just completely lead to a new and better life and then they could reach out to more people it's like we we have to get out of our own heads a lot of the time because you know yeah. god knows everything he and if he puts it on your heart to maybe like reach out to a certain person or like maybe somebody pops in your head it's like and you decide to say something or do something for them like god can use it like in many different ways yeah that's kind of one of my biggest issues and like what i do is like Sometimes I'm just in the flow of work. I, I don't even think about like speaking into someone's life or you know spreading the gospel in one shape or another. And then I go days or weeks or whatever without even really talking to anyone about 
anything serious. It's just work stuff, you know? But yeah, I definitely like, you know, it being our minds. Cause like, that's one thing is I feel, I know I struggle with is like not having an eternal aspect. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what you were saying is like, these are people's souls. Like it's their eternity that's at stake. Like you're only here 50, 60, if you're lucky 80 years, it's like, and then it's eternity. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if we, of course we're not supposed to be all doom and gloom all the time, like death, but like there is an eternal aspect we need to be keeping, you know, in the back of our minds that for, drives us to talk to other people and step out of their zone, you know, out of our comfort zone. And it's, it's one of my biggest issues for sure. It's like, I just get so into my work and I'm so involved and I'm just, and then I'm not even thinking about stuff in that way. And then, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. And a, a lot of that is just, um, loving our neighbor as ourselves because truly if, if we're going to like help or like try to touch them in some like aspect of their life, like it can have a lot of like, um, it can, it can really change things. I, I, from personal experience, like one person reaching out like has completely changed my life and it's like it's all in love and like it when you think of it eternity is at stake like that is the ultimate act of love right there yeah. and like that's what Jesus did for us yeah the ultimate act of love yeah yeah again quoting what we were listening to earlier like you can have so much knowledge about the Bible about the gospel, Jesus, and what anything pertaining to I keep saying pertaining to why? <laughs> I need speaking so. thesaurus right now. Um. <laughs> anyways, um, what was I saying? Oh, what were you saying? You didn't get that far into it. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't remember. Yeah, we just focused on pertaining to really hard. Um. lost my train of thought. That really sucks. I like, oh, never mind. I remember. You're back. <laughs> I'm back. Uh, that's Anna's blonde moment for today. Um, and then the video series yeah. that we're watching, um, he was saying how we can have so much knowledge, but we don't know how to actually apply that knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's, you can have it people that are insanely smart with theology and all that kind of thing, historical context, knowing exactly how to argue, knowing how to give certain facts at certain times, but really it's like if you don't know how to really apply that information that you've learned, it does you nothing. It doesn't do you any good. It's like um, the one Bible verse where it says, without love, I am nothing. Like I'm all, there's no life to it. It's just kind of this you can preach all you want, exactly. but it's not going to do anything if you, yep. you're not doing it with love. Or, Yeah, it's very true. Because, I mean, in another sense, when you look at that, it's kind of like like you can have all the knowledge, but it's the passion. Because our, our, the biggest way, because obviously we're all called to do different things. So it's like I'd say for the most part, for the average common person, Christian, we're just working everyday jobs, right? And so... I think our biggest witnessing tool is our personal testimony because if we've been truly changed by God and he's done something in our lives that's if you think about it the early church after Jesus died they didn't have the New Testament to look 
back to and preach out of. They were living the New Testament. The reason why the first century church flourished so much is because of witness, like eyewitness, you know, personal testimonies of their time with Jesus and what they had seen Jesus do. And it's like, granted, Jesus isn't personally here on this earth, but he still, through his spirit, has done stuff in our lives. And that's the way, I mean, the first century church was on fire and they did not have the New Testament to look to, to preach from. They just preached their personal experience. And I feel like us living our everyday life, that's the best tool we have is our testimony of how we got saved or what Jesus has done for us, you know? I think it's extremely important. Um, yeah, because I, at that prayer meeting I, I went to, um, Kirk was, um, Kirk and Bill were talking about that and they, Kirk was telling me how he was painting someone's house or whatever, he had a job going on and he, he was just kind of sharing his testimony of how he got saved in the life he was living before and what Jesus had done and like, I guess it sparked like an interesting conversation with the person he was witnessing to and, and he was saying like the power of your testimony is is insane because it's it's all Jesus it's not us it's all God and what he did in our lives and so I think just from the everyday Joe you know point of view like that's the way we can touch the people around us in our community it's by um, just our experience with what Jesus has done <laughs> that pertaining to literally just derailed me.